Start your business for the freedom of time. Now you're tired of the hustle and grind. There's gotta be a better way. It's time to listen to Chill and Prosper. Welcome to Chill and Prosper. You're ready to chill and prosper with Denise Duffield Thomas. Hey gorgeous, it's Denise here. Welcome to Chill and Prosper. If you are new to me, I just want to say hello, hello, hello. Welcome to my podcast about really mindset, marketing, money blocks, helping you make things easier in your business and just, you know, fun stuff about money. Now, if you have been here for a while, thank you so much. Thank you, everybody, for sharing these episodes. And, you know, we've just we've had great success with it. So thank you very much for for listening. And I want a little shout out to all the kids listening as well in the car, because I get so many messages from people saying, oh, Denise, it's the chill lady. We're listening to the chill lady again. So hello, hello, hello to all of my little listeners as well. Now, today's episode is another Ask Me Anything where I answer questions from, you know, just people have sent questions in and I'm, yeah, they're all anonymous questions, so it's totally fine. But it's been really fun to go into some slightly different directions. So let's jump straight into it. And the first question is, how do you deal with money mindset around having a part-time job because you're not earning enough in your business? And there's two parts to this question. It's like, how do I avoid feeling too comfortable with income from a business? And how do I focus on generating revenue in my business? So I know that there are a lot of listeners who don't work full-time in their business. You know, and I always love hearing from everyone's situation because don't assume that, you know, this podcast is only for, for full-time entrepreneurs. Um, and I know that sometimes that comes from with a little bit of imposter syndrome. You know, people are going, oh, I've got a day job. You know, and it feels like you're, I don't know, you're not in the cool club of entrepreneurs. But here's the thing. It's not about, um, you know, necessarily where you're getting your money from. As long as you feel like it's working for your life and your creativity and your family and all of the things right now. And sometimes we need a little bit more certainty. There's some people listening who you need the certainty of a job to feel creative. And other people need the adrenaline rush of not having certainty to be creative. So you're allowed to have, be who you are. There's no right or wrong around, around that, right? You're allowed to just honor what works for you and what's true for you and nothing's forever sometimes it's a season you know I've got friends who are very creative people and they've taken on uh, like contracts with companies that are pretty similar to what they offer in their business and it's just it works until it doesn't and then you can choose something else so how to avoid feeling too comfortable well Sometimes that is about having boundaries. And if you're clear that, you know, I only work three days a week for this company and then I do my own stuff, then you just probably have to make sure that you are not having boundary creep where you're answering calls or emails outside of that. So you have space for your business. And then how do you stay focused on generating revenue in your business? Well, if you've got limited time in your business, you can't necessarily do everything. You have to be very clear on what's going to make the money, what's going to drive me forward and what's easy for me to offer. And, you know, if you're offering, say you're a consultant, you know, as, as your entrepreneurial thing, or you're offering coaching, well then be very clear. This is when I can offer you sessions. I can offer you sessions at lunchtime. I can offer you sessions on a Friday. I can, you know, or after hours and just being very clear and making space 
for that, for that part of your business, instead of everything bleeding in into each other. But yeah, I don't think anyone should ever feel ashamed about however you make money. It's, it's totally fine. So great question. All right. Next question is about, um, I struggle with saying no, because I feel like if I turn down work or poor clients that I'm saying to the universe, I'm not open to receiving money. This is such a great one, right? Because I've heard this so many times of going, well, I said I wanted clients, but I don't like working with this client. But am I like being ungrateful? And I really think this is just such a deeper issue. Okay. It's so many layers to this question. Because if you think when you're a little kid and you got non-ideal presents for like your birthday, and if you were kind of even slightly disappointed, you might have been shamed for it. You might have been told that you were greedy or ungrateful and made to feel really guilty. And so you might have this thing of like, I have to be grateful for anything. I have to be grateful for what I'm given. You might have heard things like, you get what you get and you don't get upset. Or you get what you get and you don't throw a fit, is apparently some of my English relatives say. And I just think there's just so many layers to that, right? Because we're allowed to have boundaries. We're allowed to renegotiate with the universe. We're allowed to know what we want. And if you've never been able to choose before, if you go into a store and you always look at the price before you even decide what you like, or if you go and eat in a restaurant and you only look at the price instead of what you feel like, then you're going to struggle with this a little bit. So the way that you do that is you incrementally give yourself permission to have preferences. You know, and you can just go, you know what? I don't want to do that on weekends anymore. I'm unavailable for that. And that's when you have to practice. You say to people, I'm sorry, I don't do weekends anymore. Or I no longer work Tuesday nights. And it just becomes part of the policy, right? I used to uh, have clients when I was doing one-to-one coaching, I'd have clients from 4.30 in the morning because of international clients until like 10 o'clock at night. And then I was like, oh my God, I don't want to do that. So I started just to go, okay, I'm only available nine to five. And then I was like, oh, actually, I only did my calls like Tuesday, Wednesdays, or I took Fridays off first, whatever it was, but I did it incrementally. So hopefully that resonates with some of you who you thought I was just, I don't know if the answer might surprise you, right? It's not about turning down work. It's giving yourself permission to want what you want at a deeper level, at a much deeper level. And this is the kind of work that we work on in Money Bootcamp, for example. So if you know that you have multiple layers and you can't quite nail them down, come and join us. We're um, at denisedt.com slash bootcamp. That's how you come and join Money Bootcamp. But this, these, the, these are the nuances, right, of going, oh, it's because my family said, be grateful for what you've got. That's why I can't turn down this client, even though I hate working with this particular type of client. There's multiple layers to be able to give yourself permission for it. But you can practice by, you know, next time you go to a restaurant, go, what do I feel like? What do I feel like? And then you work your way up um, of going, do I feel like working with clients with this particular issue? No, I don't. And you just, you you know, it's a process of elimination sometimes (laughs) with your boundaries. All right. Next question is surviving setbacks. How do you be kind to yourself when things aren't going the way you'd hoped? Well, I get people who will say to me, or I'll see it in groups, they go, my last launch is a failure. Nobody is bought. And I go, okay, what are your stats? And they go, what? I go, how many people visited your sales page? What's your conversion rate? And it's almost like such a like Virgo, Debbie Downer response because they're like, what? No, I just want to, sometimes we just want to feel bad. Sometimes, 
we're like being so hard on ourselves. And I'm like, let's get some more information. And they'll be like, oh, okay, well, 100 people visited and I got one person sign up. And I go, well, that's exactly what you should be aiming for, 1% conversion, right? So that's where I think you can be kind to yourself kind to yourself sometimes by getting more information and not expecting yourself to pull out miracles and just being really practical about that, right? So there's that part of it, get information first. The other part of being kind to yourself is realizing that everybody starts from somewhere. Everybody, everybody starts from somewhere. So if you're like, I did my first launch, it hasn't gone as good as I hoped, great. You've done your first launch. Oh my God, that's so amazing. Like you have overcome so much resistance and shame and all that kind of stuff. And you have created an asset that you can now improve on. So you have to be kind to yourself, especially at the start when things feel so like, oh, horrible and stressful, everything, right? But then people will go, no, I've been in business for ages and I had a bad launch. And I go, okay, cool. Let's again, let's look at some information. Are you sending out newsletters every week? And they go, no. And I go, well, sometimes when you're launching, like you do have to just be constantly like warming up your audience and telling people and giving. And, and so then when you have a launch, then you've built up all this goodwill. And I actually see this a lot where people are so disappointed, but they've kind of ghosted for a little while and they just think they can just come back in and it will all be it'll be fine. And so they take it personally. And again, that's not blaming yourself of going, oh, I didn't do my things, but it's just information. It doesn't mean that you're terrible. It doesn't mean people don't want what you have. It's just that maybe they needed to see it a bit more. Maybe they needed to have a bit more warming up before they were ready. Um, And also too, there's been launches that I've had that haven't gone well because I didn't really communicate the value enough. And I had to kind of have that harsh lesson to go, I was being vague. I wasn't selling it really well. I was selling it like I would sell it to myself. I wasn't really understanding, um, you know, how to communicate this well. So I think sometimes, I mean, that just helps for me, having information, practical information where I go, oh, it's not just me. I'm not, I'm not terrible and shit and people don't just hate me. It's because of these practical reasons. And then you can change. You can change it for the future. So hopefully that helps. Hopefully that helps. Okay, so another question. How did you decide to leave your day job and become self-employed? What was the exact aha moment? How did you know the timing was right? Did I have a safety net? What did it look like? I actually do remember. But I actually had a lot of these moments because I always knew I wanted to work for myself. Always, always, always. But I could just never quite nail down what I wanted to do. So I would actually quit my jobs all the time. And I'd be like, I'm going to start a blog. I'm going to start a movie blog. And then I'd be like, oh, um, I don't know how to do this. And so I would then like just get a part-time job and then I would go back into the corporate world and it would just start all over again. But I actually do remember the the big moment and this is what changed a lot of things for me. So I was working in a consultancy and it was uh, 2000, I don't know, it was just like around the global financial crisis. So it was probably 2008, 2009. And we were doing great work in this consultancy. We were doing a lot of um, like environmental kind of consulting, helping businesses reduce their impact on the climate and their carbon emissions, things like that. It was really satisfying, great work. But actually a lot of those contracts started drying up after the global financial crisis. And so we were going back to doing more, you know, kind of management consulting, which is not what I really wanted to do. And we we had this meeting with one of our clients and it was at this big kind of tower, like soulless tower. And they were like, how do we get our clients to work harder and faster? 
And I remember going, Ex- oh, you mean smarter? And they were like, no, what we said. How do we get them to work harder and faster? And I remember sitting in this boardroom and I looked out. I was just a junior consultant. So I, I looked out and I went, oh. And I looked at all these cubicles and I realized it was one of those places where everyone hot desked and they weren't allowed to put personal things out and it was so grey and soulless and um, we said goodbye and I went downstairs and I just I looked at the senior consultant and I was like oh I think I'm done and he was just like what and I said oh I'm done and so actually what I did this is how what it looked like from there I knew I wanted to start my own business but I knew that I couldn't just quit and go because I didn't have a safety net Um, so I decided to transition out of busy uh, a busy industry, and I deliberately found a charity to work at five minutes from my house. So I wrote a list of what I wanted. I wanted a nice team. I wanted decent hours. I wanted a very short commute. So I had a five-minute walk commute, um, and it was a short-term contract, and I could leave at five o'clock on the dot. I did that for, I think, a year, and then I went to a three-day charity role somewhere else. So I transitioned out for me. Um, that was my yeah, that was my journey. And I think it's really important if you are in a job to start transitioning mentally out. And so I remember for those next two jobs, I didn't really get involved in office politics. I didn't really, like I made friends for sure, but I wasn't like bitching, you know, to everyone. I was kind of like spent my lunch breaks um, either, you know, I'd have a quick meal with my coworkers, but I would, I would journal and I would make sure that on my commute I would listen to positive things. And like I was mentally out the door. Um, but I needed that space, but I also needed still a paycheck for a little bit. So that's what it looked like for me. Um, and, you know, maybe that's inspiring to some people. All right. So I'm going to take a little break. So uh, then what's coming up after the break? Some more questions about having faith, about letting things go, finding good mentors, deciding what to focus on, on um, and working with your spouse. Some juicy stuff. All right. Don't go away. I'll see you after this quick break. Hi, I'm Wendy from the south of England, and I'm an idea creator and business energy mentor. I avidly read and reread all three of Denise's brilliant books, and I love Denise Straight Talk, especially the whole you do you ethos um, and permission to do business in your own way. In Sacred Money Archetypes, I'm an alchemist, and I now really own my strengths of having magical ideas, creating names for businesses, products and services, and helping small business owners who are stuck. Another classic piece of Denise's advice is to just sell an hour of your time. So I've launched Wealth of Ideas and I offer a name storming service and a power hour with me to help clients with both their business and their personal energy, which is so intertwined. I use all my experience in marketing and training as a homeopath and a heartfulness coach, which all just comes together so beautifully now. I'm really energised by getting paid for doing something that I love. And as we all know, like attracts like energy, so the wealth just flows. Indeed, I think I could say I'm chilling and prospering. Thank you so much, Denise. All right, welcome back to our Ask Me Anything for Chill and Prosper. I love these episodes because I get to go in such random directions. And just a reminder, I should say this disclaimer at the start, is... I'm always filtering these things through me and my personality type. I'm not expecting that, like, I don't have the perfect answer for you. There's not one perfect answer. I'm just hoping that it will give you permission to find that for yourself because um, you've got to do it in a way that works for you. Okay, so that's just my little disclaimer. I don't know everything. Even though I'm a Virgo, I kind of do. All right, the next question is, how do you have faith when you're decluttering 
profitable but draining services or products and going in on all one thing. The courage to walk away from easy money in search of more meaningful enjoyment in your business. I love this question because it's not always one or the other, right? Sometimes it's like, is the idea good, but the delivery method is wrong, right? So you might love like what you do, but you don't want to see people face to face or you love what you do, but you'd prefer to do it in a group situation or you love like creating meaningful experiences for someone, but you don't want it to be long-term. You want it to be short-term. All of those things are worth looking at to see if it's like a bad business idea or just you can tweak it. And let me give you some examples, right, this. So um, in money archetypes, there are eight different money personalities. And in my um, course around that, we talk about different business models for different personalities. So if you are an accumulator or a nurturer, you actually – like probably do like doing longer term things with clients. So that could be longer term projects because you want to be methodical and you want to be able to take through someone through a process. You want to make sure that you don't feel rushed and you want to be able to like really hold their hand through all of it, right? So that could be the accumulator and nurturers. If you're a maverick or an alchemist, you might not have the patience for long-term commitments. So for you, doing something short and sharp like VIP days, retreats, or like one-off sessions might be a better business model for you. Uh, If you're a celebrity archetype, part of your personality is that you need to be like on show, right? You need to be admired and you need to be center of attention or you're just not going to have a lot of longevity. So I'll see people who are like, they're in a business partnership, but they don't feel like like they want to go out on their own. And so it could be that you're doing the same thing, but just the way you do it is more in alignment with your personality. And so there are eight different personalities, as I said, and you can get a free quiz and a free report if you go to denisedt.com slash quiz, denisedt.com slash quiz, and find out because you might not have to let go of something completely. It could be just the way you offer it might be more satisfying to you. Another thing to look at is price. Because I had someone who said, "Um, I don't want to be a wedding photographer anymore. Or it was a florist. It was one of the wedding florists or wedding photographer. And I said, but would you enjoy it if you got paid more? And they were like, yeah. Because they were getting resentful about the early mornings because they weren't getting paid enough. Or they were getting resentful about the long hours and they weren't getting paid enough. So sometimes before you declutter something – go, I'm just going to put an outrageous price on this that actually would make me feel better about doing it. And then that might completely change everything. And you might think, well, no one's going to pay. But it's like, you you were going to throw it away anyway. So why not try? And another good example is this at, at my farm. Um, so we're you know, doing a little bit of Airbnb with my farm And my sister was like, oh, are you going to put all your alcohol away? Because I've got like heaps of gin. I actually don't personally drink, but, you know, when we have guests over and wine and stuff like that. And I said, babe, I'm just going to charge enough per night that I don't care if they drink some of my alcohol because no one's going to drink all of it. People are still very reasonable. But I was like, I just want to charge enough that I'm not going to be resentful and like marking each one of my gin bottles with a marker. You know what I mean? So it's the same thing with a business. Sometimes things 
It's like there's a kernel of what you fell in love with there, but if you just tweaked the things around it, you would love it again. And that could be hours, it could be price, it could be the way you do it, it could be the boundaries that you have, it could be a different target market altogether. So that might not even answer that question because some people are like, no, I just, I know it has to be, I have has to go. So what's the courage to walk away from easy money? So there's two different ways you can do this. One is that you can start introducing the new thing and crowding out the old thing. So you start talking about your new thing in your newsletters and your social media. You make offers around your new thing. And at the same time, you start reducing the old thing. You reduce the hours, you reduce the amount of people, and eventually you just crowd it out, right? Some people just are happy to rip off the Band-Aid and just jump straight into it. And they go, I'm no longer offering this. I'm discontinuing it. Um, and in that case, you could do a closeout sale. You could say, hey, I'm finishing up on this this date. Book in and I'll honor your packages and it has to be used within this time. Or, you know, I'm turning this into a course, and but it's being discontinued in two months. So buy it now. All of those things can fund the next phase, you know, and some, then it's just cool. It won't be as stressful. Hopefully that helped. I, I love the idea of doing new things sometimes. It's really cool. So, But just think, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. You know, just tweak some stuff. You're going to chuck it anyway, so may as well. You may as well. All right, so how do you find a good business coach or mentor who is also doing business the chill and prosper way? Oh, I love it that this is a, like a philosophy in business now. The chill and prosper way. Um, the The truth is, though, Chill and prosper is so personal to each and every one of us. It's not about not working. It's about finding the path of least resistance for yourself. So I would say then it's finding a good business coach or mentor who's not dogmatic about a particular way and who understands the value of strengths-based um, like business planning or strengths-based strategy. Because that's really what my philosophy is, right? It's know thyself and prosper. Know thyself and prosper. And so you might find a coach or a mentor who is an expert in a particular um, like personality test. Or you might just find someone who understands the value of really working with you to say, what are you good at? What are you bad at? And, and gives you permission to do that. Now, I had business mentors in my early days who were not like that at all. They were like, you have to do it like this. And I would want to be a good student. I wanted to please them. I wanted to like do everything right. And so I would twist myself in knots and take myself out of my comfort zone to do things that weren't necessarily um, like they didn't necessarily work or they didn't have longevity for me. And if things don't have longevity, it doesn't matter if they work you're going to get bored or tired or burnt out anyway. So I, how do you find those people? I think it's okay to ask questions and like see what your philosophy, people's philosophy is. Maybe book in for a short, like a one-off session or a, a conference or a VIP day and just see how flexible they are with those things because it's really horrible if people are inflexible and they think there's only one way to do things. There's not. And your version of chill might be completely different to my version of chill. And you want someone who's a cheerleader and who understands that. Yeah. Okay. And Or even um, even asking people sometimes for recommendations, you have to filter th things through, are they a different ma money personality to you? Are they a different, you know, different personality? Do they like different things to you? Because what's easy for your 
business bestie might not be easy for you. So it's just, I think too, knowing about something like money archetypes, knowing about Strength Finder or Colby gives you a filter to go, well, hang on, I'm this, so I need to filter it to work for me. And again, if you ever want to find out about your money archetype, I've got a free quiz. It's denisedt.com slash quiz, and you can get a free workshop about learning about your personality. All right. So how do you decide what to focus on? This is, again, this is very similar to like finding out what your archetype is, right? Um, so how do you decide your main, what your main money activities are and remove, delegate the other stuff? Um, people say I'm, I have skills, I'm smart and talented. How do I create an income from this? Well, I actually think, I know people will go, oh, coaching, oh, there's so many coaches around. But I actually think if you're someone who is a, a bit of a jack of all trades, you've got skills and you're smart, as you said, you're talented, that's actually a really great place to start in entrepreneurship is to become a coach because it means then you don't necessarily have to be an expert in one particular thing, but coaching is a skill set that you can learn. Some of us are better at, at, at than others, but it is a skill set that you can learn and you can really help people with and you can start off very broad and then work your way um narrow it down. So I started as a very generic life coach. And when I say generic, anything, anyone, anything. And then I realized I was like, oh, I prefer to work with entrepreneurs. Oh, I prefer to work with women than men. Oh, I prefer to work with people who are at this stage of their business than that stage. And it was a process of elimination. But I was like you, I was, I'd be like, I'm, I am smart. Like people come to me for advice. I'm talented. But what is my thing? And I realized that part of my thing was inspiring and motivating other people. And I just needed a mechanism to do that. And coaching was a great one for me. Um, so yeah, when in doubt, you can sell an hour of your time basically. Um, and yeah, so that's a, it's a great place to start. You don't always necessarily need a coaching certificate for that too, depending on what you want to help people with. But say for example, you've run a dance studio before. You can very easily, you know, do some consulting without getting a certificate around that. You can just be like, this is what I've done. This is how I can help you. Um, so share what you know. My first ever ebook was internet dating tips for men because I was doing internet dating and they all sucked at it. And I was like, I can help you with this. This is something I can, you know, share what you know, basically. So you just got to start. You got to start. And don't I think too, there's some pain in thinking, oh, there's one thing. And we think that one thing is a job description, but sometimes it's like, for me, I just want to motivate and inspire and help people. I could have done that in so many different ways. So I had to find what was the umbrella thing that's the purpose, not the job. Ah, okay. Well, hopefully that helped. We had some juicy questions today. So if you love these AMAs on my podcast, you'll see them marked, you know, every now and again. Um, and super fun. And you can always send me a question that you want me to do in an upcoming episode. You can either, um, you know, just send me a DM or like send me an email. That's totally cool too. But um, remember, so many of the questions today actually related to personality. And I really encourage you to go and do that quiz at denisedt.com slash quiz. Find out what your personality is because often there is no one answer, but it totally just depends on your strengths and your challenges in business. And when you know thyself, that's when you can prosper. Okay, I've got one final really important thought for you. I've just written it down and I'll see you right after this last break. Hi, I'm Rhonda Joy. I'm a filmmaker, coach and author. And I've been following Denise Dumfield Thomas 
from the very beginning, when I couldn't afford Money Bootcamp, I, I used her YouTube videos, her specials, everything I could get my hands on because she inspired me, she enlightened me, she got me on track. And slowly but surely, I grew as she grew. And I was finally able to afford her money boot camp. I highly recommend it. I highly recommend all her books, whether they're audio or video. You'll want to go back to them time and time again. She's authentic. She's creative, but she's very practical and grounded too. I'm just incredibly grateful. And she's real. What I love about her is I dropped her an email one day and I got a response. She's just incredible. So I highly recommend anything that Denise Dumfield Tom Thomas offers. Thank you, Denise. Welcome back to the final thought. My sound engineer just told me that um, in that last bit, he could hear a cymbal crashing to to the ground. But if you heard that, that's what it was. I'm in a studio that has mu- musicians and stuff. So yeah, we, we left that one in. But my final thought really for you is just, I cannot emphasize enough how much everyone else is just making things up. Like everyone's just making it up. So I know sometimes when we ask questions like the ones that came in today, we want someone to tell us the answer because we think everyone else has got it all figured out. And everyone's making it up. Everyone's making up their prices. Everyone has imposter syndrome behind the scenes. So at some point you just have to go, well, I'm just going to do it. Like, I'm just going to do it. And I found every time I've moved forward and just done stuff, people believe me. I know everyone just believes, they'll believe you. And you just move forward and make money and help people. And how cool is that? The best, the absolute best. So why not you? Why not you? Go forth, chill and prosper, and I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Chill and Prosper. Tell your friends to chill and prosper. Review and subscribe. We hope you had a very good time.